eager to get back here and uh, on this stage to share with you. Um, I haven't been here up here since September, and uh, this stool's a little short, so I'm going to stand. <laughs> um, uh, so much has happened uh, since then, and I've been eager to get back here and share with you and give glory where glory is due and um, tell you of all the mighty works of our God. Um, I want to start this morning, though, in Ephesians, and if you would uh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, I'm going to start in verse 10. I would have to jump to get up there. So We need a tweener. We don't have a tweener, no. baby. Sorry. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. And I'm reading from the, um, the NIV. Can you open that? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, de the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to after you have done everything to stand. So, I've been punctured, poked, sliced, dissected. I've been stitched, stapled, glued, and taped. I've been poisoned, and before it's all said and done, I will have been burned and fried. But I'm still standing. My body doesn't function like it used to, but I'm still standing. And we are here today to give praise and glory to our God. It is only by his, um, by his blessings that I am here. And um, that's what today is about. Today we testify of, the, of all that the Lord has done to give glory where glory is due to his miraculous works. Psalm 22:22 says, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. And we will do that today. First, I give praise to God for you. Um, we, back in September, we asked you to please partner with us in prayer as we prayed for a miracle. And um, y'all did that. You flooded us with your prayers. And then beyond that, you stepped up. You, um, you flooded me with cards, text, scriptures, inspirations, um, hats, scarves, cranberry sprite, meals. Um, it just went on and on. And y'all were huge. And we are indebted to you and, and just can't say enough about you and how grateful we are for you. And then there's two individuals that I have to call out today, and they're probably going to hate me for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But 
first of all, I need to give a big thanks to my daughter. She was there with me in the trenches when I was so sick from chemo. She was right beside me. Um, the Lord has uh, grown her into a beautiful, caring young lady. Thank you. She, um, uh, she took care of me. Um, she took care of the house. Um, just so many things. I can't even name them all. But she was there, and thank you. And then this guy here. I want you to know that he's not just a servant and a pastor here in this building, but he is that at home too. He is a man of his word. Over 23 years ago, he said he would love me in sickness and in health, and he did that very thing. He, um, wow. He nursed me back to health after surgery when I couldn't do the most basic of functions. He was there, um, and I'm forever grateful. The Lord has blessed me with a beautiful family, both at home and a beautiful church family here at the church at Bushland. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, we have got to call this what it is. I am a walking miracle. Um, and you can explain it away with science or with your own logic or whatever, but I'm sorry, it's a miracle. And for you to understand the miracle, I'm, I'll need to explain some facts. I need to do, uh, go back to some medical research. The cancer I had is very rare. Um, less than 1% of women will be diagnosed with it. And typically, those women are 70 and older. I'm a fast learner or something. I don't know. Special. Special. Um, at the initial diagnosis of this type of cancer, cancer, the survival rate is very high, especially when it's caught early. And that was our case in 2009. 85% will go five years or longer without it coming back. I um, actually made it seven years. Unfortunately, though, if the cancer is recurrent, the prognosis changes dramatically. Um, the National Cancer Institute says uh, only 10% of women with recurrences will survive. Another study had it less than that. If the cancer returns, um, typically a total pelvic exoneration is required for survival. That means everything comes out and you live life totally different. Um, and there is no protocol for chemotherapy for this type of cancer because there's not enough data there to support its effectiveness. So remember back on August 30th, Tuesday, August 30th, we met the oncologist for the first time. And uh, from a pelvic exam, we were told I had a tumor the size of a lemon that was immobile. He could not move it on the right side because it was attached to the pelvic bone. And so that meant I was not a candidate for surgery. And uh, he was just hoping to buy time with chemo and radiation. Uh, it was, uh, was not the news you had hoped to hear or want to hear. 
At that point, Jeff and I were thrust into a world of darkness, of, um, of fear and uncertainty. And David is our example as to what to do when we come to that, when you come to a point like that in your path. David said in the 23rd Psalm, he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Now, the key word there is will. He didn't say, I cannot fear, because we can do that easy. That's our natural instinct. But he said, I will not. So what we learn from that is that he made a choice. And so we can make a choice. And on that day, we made a choice. Um, I'll never, that day will forever live in my memory. Chemo has wiped out a bunch, but that day will always live in my memory. And we locked eyes, and you said, God's got this. God's got this. And when I could hardly breathe because the life had just been sucked out of me, we, we locked eyes, and we made a choice. And we said, we will not fear. And we stood up together, and we walked out together, and we've been inseparable since. Um, we have a choice to not fear. When the storms come, how you walk forward in the storm is your choice. Your choice. We can either walk in fear and darkness, or we can choose to trust God and claim his promises. And let me tell you, the only means to survival is to choose God. Walk in faith and let him remove the fear and darkness and fill you with joy and peace. My favorite verse, and um, it's the center of my faith, it's my life verse, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. That's where you find victory. Um, I was staring death in the eye, but I knew that God wasn't done with me. This is my favorite part. I'm so excited about this part. About a little over a year ago, I felt God was stirring something new in my heart, giving me a new purpose. Um, it has not come to fulfill fulfillment yet. I know it's still in the future. And that was a little over a year ago. Then this uh, spring in May, uh, a, a group of ladies, we went to a Pink Impact Conference. We all received a, um, this, a little note card. They were all random, uh, and you can call it coincidence, accident, whatever. I believe God is in control and divine, and this was meant for me. So this is what I received in May. You are entering a new season of resurrected dreams and renewed strength. You will walk through this season with new grace and ease as you learn more from the Lord. He has gone before you in this season. He has prepared everything. He has heard all of your prayers and has already answered them. That's from Isaiah 43, 19 and 65, 24. Then, if you remember in August, Jeff um, did a short little series, two or three weeks, about praying the word of God. And it was towards the end of that, I had one of the worst weeks ever. Anything that could go wrong was going wrong. 
physically I was being attacked, just random weird stuff. And it was about midweek or towards the end that I recognized this is an attack from the enemy, and I'm not standing for it. Not, not today, Satan. So um, I just called it out, and I just claimed the blood of Christ and told the enemy he had no authority on my territory that day and that week. Um, then that's the Sunday following that week, I almost he was wrapping up the series, and I, was, I felt horrible, and I thought, okay, the enemy doesn't want me here. It's all the more reason I'm going to get here. And so I came. I felt terrible, but I came. It was Sunday, August 14th. And as soon as I got here, I found um, a, cl- a close friend, and I just asked he and his wife, would you please pray over me? I, I just really believe that I'm under attack, and uh, would you just pray for me? And so they prayed. And at the end, he said, um, he prophesied over me. He had a word, a word from the Lord for me. And he said, and I'm, I'm probably not quoting him exactly, but this is the gist. He said, the Lord has planted a seed in you, and he will birth something new for this church through you. And I was like, wow. Okay. So, when, now... That was uh, one week before I real before we found out the cancer was back. That was two weeks before we met the oncologist. So as we uh, locked arms and walked out together and chose not to walk in fear, I personally I was claiming these promises. God has something bigger for me. He was not done with me, and this was not going to be my end. Um, and through it all, my goal has been to be a walking testimony of all his glory. Now, let me give you a little more evidence that God was in control from the beginning. Remember, um, the words were, a seed has been planted in you, and he will birth. And I want you to focus on those two words. My cancer was gynecological. And when this is done, when I'm completely done with treatments in May, about nine months will have passed since that word was spoken over me. God has something big for us. It's not just me. It's us. God has something big for us, um, more than we can imagine. I don't know what's in store for 2017, but I'm excited Okay, and I look forward um, with anticipation for all that he's going to do. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, whatever's coming in 2017, I believe it will be something that we tell our children and our grandchildren throughout all generations. All right, so let's talk about the miracle. The biggest one was uh, Monday, September 5th. We shared with y'all on the 4th all that was going on in our lives, what we had just, the door that had just been opened 
for us that week. And we asked y'all to pray. And we were praying specifically that this tumor could be removed. And um, on September 5th, that Monday, it was Labor Day. And I continued a routine that I had started that week where I would um, apply oil to the side of the tumor and I would pray. And I would just ask God to make this tumor where it could be removed. And this particular night, after I said amen, the spot, the, the, spot, the area began to heat up. It became hot. My hand wasn't there anymore, and it just started getting hot. Now, I've heard enough testimonies about miracles that I know that heat is a sign of uh, the Holy Spirit working. And so I stopped what I was doing, and I placed my hand there again and prayed some more. And when we went to bed that night, I told Jeff, I said, um, either I've been healed or I've just experienced the power of the Holy Spirit that I've never experienced before. And what happened on September 7th was um, an exploratory surgery. And, you know, the doctor is going in there to make sure that other organs nearby are clear and stuff. But he is amazed to find that the tumor can now is mobile. It could be moved. And so we give glory to God for um, that miracle on September 5th when he separated that tumor from the pelvic bone. And uh, he's amazing. He's truly amazing. Through the surgery, though, the doctor could still feel something on the bone. It was smaller, and he believed it was a lymph node. Um, and his concern was that it was attached to the bone. And so um, if that were the case, then uh, he could, it couldn't be removed. He could help me out here in Amarillo, but there were better facilities in Minnesota. And that was at the Mayo Clinic there, and he wanted us to get there uh, for surgery. As he told us about the facility there, Jeff and I, it really resonated with us. And we were like, yes, let's, let's get there, let's get there. But with that comes um, a battle with the insurance company. You have to convince them that that's where you need to be. And so uh, we rallied our troops. Thank goodness we have uh, some close friends in the medical field. And um, they helped us out getting all the right paperwork filled out and all the documents submitted and all that. Um, it was getting close to time where, we f where I felt like we were about to get an answer from the insurance company. And I just stopped and I was like, no, no. I don't want my answer from them. I want my answer from you. So I prayed. I began praying at that time. Father, you show me where you want me to have surgery before man tells me where I'm going to have surgery. And so I began to pray that prayer, and it was without uh, any doubt. Um, I knew I would have surgery in Amarillo. And so, uh, but we waited, and the insurance came back, and they didn't really approve me for surgery. They just approved me for some visits. Yeah, you can go see them. So um, we thought, okay, we'll see what happens with that. And then the whole process, once Mayo got my paperwork and stuff, the whole process was just dragging out forever. It was getting really ridiculous. And so, uh, but yet, uh, we, we kept pressing forward. But there came a point 
There came a point where I was about to start the last cycle of chemo for that, for this round before surgery. And uh, I told Jeff, I said, I'm just going to tell Dr. Farzan that I want surgery here in Amarillo. I mean, there's just really no point in us dragging this out. But we got there. Farzan gave us more numbers, more statistics, all this stuff. And so um, Jeff and Farzan both were like, man, just give them more time. And so I, I agreed. I said, okay, we'll give them a little more time and see what happens. Um, it, we finished chemo. The days are passing by. I need to schedule surgery. You only have a short window where you need to have surgery once you finish chemo. And we still had no answer from Mayo. And then finally, Farzan got on board and he said, we just need to do surgery here. And I was like, yes, now I've been waiting on y'all. Yes, let's have surgery here. And so um, while we, we got surgery scheduled, and during that week, though, Mayo finally contacted. They talked again, only to say, she's not a candidate for surgery. And the reason they said that was the CT scan um, post-chemo, when you read the documentation, it said, um, uh, oh, how did it go? No, no, no remarkable tissue is seen. No remarkable, is that right, Daryl? No remarkable tissue is noted or seen. Um, the, and he's, look, he's comparing that to the PET scan at the beginning. And they're looking at what, remember the lemon-sized tumor, right? And the, the person, the, they noted, no remarkable tissue seen. So Mayo's like, she doesn't need surgery. And so um, anyway finally got everybody on my page, and so um, we're like, okay, we're having surgery in Amarillo. Praise God. Now, Dr. Farzan had a backup plan for this uh, lymph node that he just was so sure was attached to the bone, and basically he was going to build a wall and make me pay for it, <laughs> but anyway, no. She couldn't wait to say that. So he was going to build a mesh wall that would dissolve in six weeks um, so that they could blast that lymph node with um, a high dose of radiation and spare the other organs in there. So he, we have surgery December 5th, Monday, December 5th. Long, enduring surgery, five hours. Um, and thank you to those that, I'm, I don't know how y'all waited that long in the waiting room, but anyway, thank you. Um, long surgery, he uh, gets in there, uh, is able, there, there was a little bit of the tumor left, a tiny three millimeters by two millimeters by 0.1 millimeter thick, okay? Remember, there's no protocol for my uh, cancer and chemo. It's not supposed to work. Um, and then secondly, the lymph node that was on the pelvic bone, I, I'm assuming, I'm guessing this is one of the first things he did, but he wanted to see if he could get his fingers behind it, and he could. And uh, in fact, when he came out to the waiting room to update Jeff after the surgery, he actually got, or he told you, he told you, I became emotional when I could put my fingers behind that lymph node. 
So, um, he said it wasn't supposed to happen. Right. It wasn't supposed to happen were, were his words. Um, everything was remarkable. Um, he was, he, he is a highly skilled, intelligent, amazing doctor, was blown away by what he saw. Okay. Um, but he saw a miracle. He saw a miracle. Um, so um, he removed, he was able to remove all the cancer. Everything is done. Um, and now we begin a, a clean sweep. So Tuesday I start chemo again. And uh, I see it as this. Uh, you, you break a glass on, in the kitchen. You sweep it up with the, with the broom and dustpan. That was surgery. Um, but then you come back with a wet mop. And so that's what we start Tuesday. Chemo. And uh, he reduced it. It was supposed to be 18 weeks. Um, I will do a repeat of what I did before, just nine weeks, praise God. And uh, I'll get two weeks off after that, and we'll wrap it up with some radiation. So uh, that will take us to uh, the 1st of May. So uh, I covet your prayers. I covet your prayers for this time. I'm ready. I'm ready mentally, spiritually. Uh, I'm ready. Let's get this thing started Tuesday. Let's finish it up. Um, I'm reminded of a story in the Old Testament. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went into the fire. Jesus was with them. I'm going into the fire. Jesus is with me. When they came out of the fire, their clothes were not singed. That's cool. They didn't smell of smoke. That is my prayer. That is my prayer for this time. As I go into the fire, I know Christ is with me. I want to come out not smelling like smoke. The side effects stink, and I don't want to smell like that. So that's my prayer. I'm asking God for that. But let me say this. Even if he doesn't, I will still praise him. I will still praise him. Even if he doesn't, I'll still praise him. So what about you? I know in a crowd this size, there's someone here that needs a miracle. What's your miracle that you need? Remember, miracles are not just about health. Miracles can be in any circumstance. It can be relationships, finances, anything. Each week we have a ministry team down here. And they are here for that very reason, to pray with you and for you, to go with you and plead to heaven for your miracle. As soon as we got the diagnosis in August, we, um, we asked the elders to pray with us. Then we told the staff, and we asked them to pray with us. Then we told you guys, and we asked you to pray with us. And we continually added to our army of prayer warriors um, and there's power in prayer. And there's power in numbers. The enemy wants to keep you on your little island. And to make you think that there's no one else like you. 
and you've got to figure this out by yourself. And that's simply a lie. He's the father of lies. And that's a lie from the enemy. We were never meant to do this alone. That's why we're called brothers and sisters in Christ. We're here for the purpose of supporting one another in time of need. And our greatest resource is prayer. So today I pray that, um, that you would just step up and just say, Lord, I need a miracle. Whatever your miracle is, don't miss this opportunity for him to bless you with it. If you'll stand with me now as we come to the close of our service, and I'd like to ask our ministry team to come forward. So what has the Holy Spirit told, said to you? Where, how is he moving in your heart? What is he nudging you to do? Don't leave here without taking action. You'll miss out on the greatest experience if you don't move and don't take action. Mm. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Mm. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your presence outside these walls, your presence in our daily lives, that you are a real, personal God. And I praise you for that. And I pray that each one in here today knows you in that real and personal way. And Father, I know that there are people here that are hurting, people here that feel lost or discouraged. Maybe they're walking in darkness and fear, but you have a better path for them. And I pray that they would just seek you, seek you with all their heart, because we know when we do that, we find you. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving here, moving among your people. And I pray that now that they would be moved, moved to action. Father, we give this ministry time to you, and we pray that you're honored and glorified in it. In Christ's name, amen.